episode 23. It is a time of anticipation. The Disney Parks Empire has introduced the latest weapon in its arsenal, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. In a base outside Disney's Hollywood Studios, the two-night vacation adventure has been the source of curiosity for years. After secrecy, the newly unveiled Star Cruiser promises to immerse guests in the sequel trilogy world and surround them with Rey, Kylo Ren, Chewbacca, and a host of scum and villainy. The fate of the Star Cruiser is now in the hands of the people and the Force. Punch it, John! All right, welcome to This Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my fellow co-pilots, Paul Jarzembowski and John Grasso. Fellas, it's been a while. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to, Good to be, be here. Back. Yeah. Missed you guys. It's so weird. Uh, I, I feel like uh, I sent all my children away to college since the last episode. <laughs> it's been that long, huh? Paul had a book published. Yes, since our congratulations, last Paul. Thank you. And no news for me. It's kind of sent his kids to college. Paul has a book and John exists. John, you bring light to the world, bud. Oh, no, that's very nice. Okay, well, I'm going to stop. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, before we go any further, I just want to say congrats to Paul um, on this uh, on this achievement um, with with his new book. Um, Everybody can uh, everybody can go seek it out. Just look for Paul Jarzembowski. He's the Ash Wednesday guy. And we're recording this on Ash Wednesday. Um, Paul, we're really proud of, of all you've been able to accomplish with this. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, you both are, uh, both are great inspirations to me. Um, in fact, if, you've, if, if anyone's read the book, you'll know that I actually name drop Disney, Disney World, Walt Disney throughout the book. So, um, you know, there'll be, uh, so for those of you who are on this happy podcast, you can go and talk about church things and Ash Wednesday and still talk about Disney's. So I can't confirm. It comes up often. Yeah, it does. I was proud of you. I was trying to figure out like every chapter I'm reading it, how's it going to work into a a Disney reference? And you did, you rose to the challenge. I'm proud of you, but not like it it was a very respectful, very, uh, you know, important uh, way that helped illustrate your point. Not even I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious, but it was actually extraordinarily effective. So we are very proud of you. I did think it was a little odd that you encouraged people to churches to have uh, wait times for their queues for ash, ashes d- distribution. Well, we were thinking, I thought maybe the fast pass system, maybe the genie plus system. I couldn't figure out what the best system to get ashes was. Actually, how about none of them? <laughs> <laughs> Well, congratulations, Paul. Um, we're so happy that happy for you and happy that this has happened. Guys, what's what else is making you happy over the last couple of weeks? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. It's fine. All right, Paul. Well, I actually went to Disneyland. Um, <laughs> I watched the oh, Super Bowl and then I went to Disneyland. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I actually went to he Disneyland. wrote a book. What are you doing next? I'm going to Disneyland. So <laughs> 
I was in Southern California for um, for a few days for some for work and uh, and one night uh, escaped into California Adventure. Did uh, did Web Slingers? Did uh, Avengers Campus? Uh, Radiator Springs? Uh, you know, uh, one of the one of my other colleagues from the office went with me, and um, you know, we, we we went through the park, and then at the end of the day, we went to Trader Sam's uh, and uh, got some. Hawaiian food, Hawaiian drinks. Uh, we sat indoors where all the stuff comes alive. So uh, it was a lot of fun. And on top of that, I am planning for another trip next week uh, where I'll be going to uh, Florida and I'm going to, um, on, my, on one of the days, I'm going to escape into the Magic Kingdom. So, um, so I've had these little one day or part of a day uh, little trips um, throughout this winter to various Disney parks. So, um, and then in a couple of weeks after that, I'll be going to Disneyland proper when I'm out in Southern California again for another work trip. So yeah, I'm, that's what's making me happy is that my winter time is, I'm getting little drops of, of Disney experiences uh, in the parks. So um, I'm appreciating that. I got two, two things about that, Paul, before I say what's making me happy. Number one, I hear Avengers Campus is dramatically different at night than it is during the day. I've heard it's very, very underwhelming during the day, but the lighting package actually really brings it, brings it to life at night. I've not been, so I want, I'm curious to hear your thoughts there. And um, number two, here is my now public impassioned plea to please do the Walt and walk, walk in Walt's footsteps tour at Disneyland when you go to the, to the, to the main park. Thank you. Thank you. If the tours are still running, I do believe the tours are still on hold, oh, um, but we'll see if they are running again. Uh, I know things are evolving and changing, but last I checked, they weren't. Um, uh, I actually, so the time I, when I was in Avengers Campus, I was actually in the, in the daylight hours. Um, and so I moved to the other part of the park when it got to nighttime. So now knowing that, I'm a little regretful that that was the route I took. Um, and maybe next time I go, I'll have to see Avengers Campus. I'll have to do that towards the end of the day as opposed to more of the beginning of my time there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't been there, but that's what I've heard. I, I, that, did you find it underwhelming during the day? Um, I would say in general, yes. Um, you know, I, California Adventure is my number six favorite park out of six in the domestic United States. Um, so uh, it, it really didn't raise up on the on the scales during my last trip. So um, uh, it's not bad. I, you know, look, a Disney park is always better than not being at a Disney park. So let's just put that out there. So it may be my sixth favorite out of six parks but it's still a Disney park. And, um, you know, I'll take that any day over anyone's. So knowing that, I got to ask you, why did you pick that over going to Walt's original Magic Kingdom? Oh, that's a great question. Two reasons. One is a very, one, 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 one reason, I'll, I'll give the, 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 the part of the reason why I decided to is I only had limited time. I did not have the fullness of a full day um, I had, you know, late afternoon into the evening. And so if I was going to spend time at a park for only that limited amount of time, I thought 
I thought California Adventure is probably preferable than Disneyland proper. Um, when I go in, when I go in a couple of weeks, um, I'll be spending a full day there. And so I thought I would give Disneyland itself when I was there the full day treatment. The second reason is I made that decision was going back and forth going, is that really the best decision? Maybe I'll just do Disneyland all the time there. But then I found when I got to the ticket booth, they had sold out of Disneyland. So I had no other choice but to make that decision and go, you know what, that's fine. That's what I should be doing. But right before I got up to the ticket counter, I, I almost changed my mind because again, it's my sixth favorite park. So, um, but the ticket agent was like, well, actually that's sold out. I'm like, okay, that's the reason why I was really thinking I should go to California. And you made my mind up for me by selling out a park. Wow. How about you guys? I'm I, so yeah. That, so I mean, obviously, I'm yeah. I, I I kind of like take the cake in some respects by actually going to a park and planning to go to another park. So, but that's not typical people. Um, and I want to. Uh, well, maybe it's typical this time of year. I guess weird. But anyway, what about you guys? Well, I'll go because I uh, Matt uh, has something better than me. But uh, the only thing that's making me particularly happy about Disney these days is it does seem like finally the Tron construction is speeding up. So it's nice to see things come together. And I know they've been very cautious about an opening date. They've even pitched kind of 2023, but with the way things are speeding up with the exterior, you could almost see a soft open by the end of this year. And, you know, um, when you see Universal building Epic Universe as quickly as they are, you start to almost get a little antsy and nervous, like, come on, Disney, pick up the pace. Um, so it was good to see Tron and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, even though that ride is probably going to be too intense for me because as a backwards launch, it's good to see them both get much closer to completion. It's about time. So I have one main thing and I'll put one small thing in there. We too, as a family, are discussing, um, you know, including a trip to Disneyland, the original park, during a uh, upcoming family trip. It seems like it's going to come to reality, um, and I can't wait to go because it's been about eleven years since I was last there, um, and uh, three new humans joined our family since that point, and they are the target audience. But the thing that's making me absolutely um, really happy this week, um, just as the day that we're recording this uh, on Disney Plus, West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's remake of the original mu musical classic uh, is debuting on Disney Plus. Uh, I have not seen it. It's nominated for Best Picture. Um, and I've been dodging all these clips that have been posted on social media bragging about the technical um, brilliance on display in this movie, on the way it's executed. So from, from my end, I cannot wait to A, avoid the spoilers uh, of a 65-year-old musical, but also um, to just jump in and see a really wonderful movie musical uh, and sit down with my wife and watch that. So that's what making, what's making me happy this week or this month as we uh, have our first episode in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm just really excited to get into that, but also really excited to get into this week's topic. So guys, we are all 
self-professed Star Wars fans and quite obviously Disney Park fans. We like discussing both, sometimes ad nauseum and to the annoyance of our wives via text message. Um, so this week, Disney Parks debuted the Galactic Star Cruiser, the very first immersive resort kind of stay um, experience for guests. So our, our takeaways, has anybody been watching the YouTube clips, the YouTube videos that have been coming out of there? Oh, yeah, I um. You know, I, I want to let you tee off on this more than anyone, Matt, because you've been uh, morbidly, perhaps excitedly curious about the Star Cruiser, but I've been watching almost anything I can find. I watched Resort TV One's um, premiere. Um, shout out to them. They did a fantastic job, um, um, unbiased job covering uh, everything from the media preview, which I... I have a lot of thoughts about the star cruiser, but I, I don't want to step on, on anybody here. I feel like the media preview was a bad idea because it was four hours of sort of the plot beats smushed into one. So I don't feel like you got an authentic experience of what life on the Halcyon is going to look like for better and for worse. So I saw a lot of people in the chat saying, wow, this looks absolutely amazing, but I, you have no time for anything. Well, you're going to have time. You have two days in a warehouse. So uh, it, it, you have time, but it gave people this unrealistic expectation that things were happening right away every second. And then conversely, it gave people, um, you know, the, the impression that it, it was Un, you know, it was going to be this sort of nonstop, it was overscheduled, there was going to be this nonstop excitement, and that was good, so they were going to be entertained at all times, and that it was going to be all Star Wars, all around you, all these games, all these, you know, LARPing, um, and so I, 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 before I get into the Star Cruiser, the era, the whatever, you know, I, I just question the, uh, the media tactics around this, just from start to finish, from that disastrous preview that they had to pull to the reveal of the prices that incited a riot online to now the four-hour media experience, which I thought was covered beautifully by some vloggers and some perhaps a little more biased than others. I just, you kind of scratch your head and you go, I, who's making these decisions? All love to the Disney Corporation, but... You know, I want this to be successful. I want themed immersive environments to be something that the Walt Disney Corporation doubles down on. It feels like they're setting this thing up to fail, but at the same time, it's booked for its first round of sailings, quote unquote. So it must be working, question mark. Paul, have you been watching the various clips coming out of this or are you just dodging spoilers left and right? No, I've been... Uh... I was initially dodging spoilers, but then, you know what, I, I, the aesthetic, well, I can get into that later as to my thought of the aesthetics, but um, it, I, I have been following, I've, I've decided to jump in. Uh, I've, I, I'm actually, what John says, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not sure about actually, I thought it, that, that I know it was the, like, everything was condensed for the, for sharing it. But it does sound like 
it's con it, it is a very packed schedule um and it, it sounds like like basically um a, a, you know just a non-stop go and um you know it, 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 so comparing it to cruising is not an accurate thing number one because most cruises would have a balcony there's no balcony um there's barely a window but also on cruising yeah there is activities available all the time but most people don't do all of the activities all of the time you do it when you can and most people's experience of a cruise ship would probably involve a whole afternoon of just laying out on the deck but maybe before or after you do that one thing, maybe you do the card game, maybe you do um, a pirate adventure thing, maybe you do a shore leave, but you don't do all of them. Um, and most people's idea of relaxing on a cruise is relaxing on a cruise, not going on, God, this is gonna probably sound bad, not going on the Titanic while it's sinking where you have to like figure out like Rose and Jack running around a ship trying to figure out which door is not is unlocked how do you get myself out of these chains like that's not what people's idea of a relaxing cruise is is let's see how this thing goes down and let's see if we can survive but rather I'm here to chill and I don't get the I'm here to chill vibe uh from this so um yeah I guess I've seen it and I I I've been a little like unsure what I'm seeing and and I'm like so what else is there to do and no one yet is talking about the time when I can just relax and enjoy space go by or whatever it would be that I would like on a galactic star cruiser yeah I uh I've been unable to resist watching the various videos um Paul and I have actually been to a renaissance festival together with our families and like, watching... this is like is this like is this like admitting this like in, in public now like yes hi i'm i'm matt i'm paul and and uh and i'm and i've been to rent fair you know <laughs> hi matt <laughs> hi paul <laughs> the thing is is like this you know i am not one of these people that goes to the rent fest and I, I've probably been twice in the last seven years, but I'm not one of these people that goes to the Renfest and dresses up. Nope. Uh, there are people that get, you know, put their, their swords and sandals on and they go out there and they do their thing. And, um, and that, that's, that's it for them. But uh, you wouldn't catch me dead doing that. Uh, I'm going in there with t-shirt and shorts. Yep. And the minute some villager comes up and starts saying, have you heard about my lady who has ticked off the king? Uh, uh, Twas not a noble endeavor. I'm like, hey, buddy, I just want to eat this apple pie with ice cream. Scram. <laughs> I want to buy this cool pottery and, and that's it. That's all. Just leave me alone. <laughs> it's like you go by people and then all of a sudden when like the, the cast members who are just, I, I got to say, the cast members at, at Renaissance Festival and, of course, the Star Cruiser are just doing their jobs. But every time you yeah. pass them, you can tell that they've been talking about, you know, like what they did, what movie they saw last night. And then once you pass them, they're like, 
oh, have you heard about the latest buzz in the village? You know, and then as soon as you leave, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh boy, that Keanu Reeves movie was really terrible. So I get the impression that this is Star Wars Renfest, watching all these videos. Um, it, you know, I know that uh, like the sequel trilogy characters, Ray and Kylo Ren and Chewbacca are there. But then there's all these other sort of made up characters who were supposed to largely follow during this this two or three day adventure, yeah. including a, a, a woman who's painted blue in a captain's outfit. You know, congratulations to her and her ascendancy to the ranks. But I look at it and I'm deeply uncomfortable with this concept of um acting like these people are really particularly important because they're not in the movies they're not in the tv shows yes they're creating comic books to sell trips to the galactic star cruiser but they're not characters that i would be comfortable with coming up while i'm trying to eat a blue shrimp like uh it's it's a very bizarre thing to kind of watch now, I sound very negative. I think it's very cool that there's a lot of Star Wars related things in there. Um, I just, I, I, I've, I've watched so many videos now that I, I can't help but think there's things that I would like to see there with some tweaks and some additions. And I don't know how you all feel, but I'm certainly looking at that. And um, I think they missed... Uh, some some marks uh, mm -hmm. in terms of what Star Wars fans want when they want to engage with these these movies and these tales. Yeah, I I, I have two points I want to build off of that. I, uh, Matt, I couldn't agree with you more. My my first point is um, I have not uh, full disclosure as, as a, the, our listeners know I have not been to Galaxy's Edge. I desperately would like to go to Galaxy's Edge. I have spoiled myself on both rides from Galaxy's Edge. And I'm absolutely floored by them. And I will be crying on both of them when I finally go. However, with Galaxy's Edge and with the Halcyon, I, I, again, I, I kind of, I think about who makes these decisions, right? You have Batu, uh, a planet that looks impeccably themed, lands that look impeccably, gorgeously themed with no emotional connection whatsoever to Star Wars fans. Now the rides do, you ride on the Millennium Falcon and the rise of the resistance technology is so mind blowing just on a YouTube that I can't even imagine what it's like in person. Um, can't, I can't, genuinely can't. But the Halcyon is the sort of falls flat for me there as well. I like, again, I, my, my whole philosophy of Star Wars is if it's Star Wars, I like it. I am the easiest Star Wars fan to please on the planet. I like Star Wars. I want to watch Star Wars. Generally, like even the episodes that I find not as good or perhaps well-made, I will watch. I will enjoy them. I'm here for it. So I'm intrigued by the, Hal the Halcyon, but I do not understand the Disney company's um, focus on entities that I know they want a blank slate, but the focus on entities that are not, that don't have that emotional component Mm -hmm. um, the reason that Harry Potter world is so successful is because you walk into Diagon Alley from the movies untouched. You walk into the castle from the movies untouched. Now those rides, except for Forbidden Journey, seem to fall flat or perhaps flatter. But 
the the lands take they have that emotional connection they have that punch and so i'm not an, i'm not saying only do things based on the original trilogy but give us a familiar locale put us on a mon calamari cruiser or a star destroyer or uh you know uh something show an x-wing give us uh admiral akbar i don't know so that's my first point and i'll let someone else talk i'll bring out my second point another time well i i would yeah john i i i affirm that i i um i think for instance batu works slightly better only because it eerily looks a lot like tatooine mm. um and so you're not you're there is there's a quasi emotional connection to 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 Galaxy's Edge because it evokes it a lot closer than otherwise. But as somebody who like I'm an original trilogy guy, um, you know, uh, you know, you throw and and the the thankfully when they made the sequels, the stormtroopers that are walking around Galaxy's Edge and I think that are walking around the Star Cruiser. They're the the new version of stormtroopers. Thankfully, when they designed them, they made them look similar enough to the ones I grew up with. So I have a kind of emotional connection to it, which is good. But you're right. There's almost too many things. For me, what would make me happy about this, what I would see would be I want someone to go into the Halcyon with a blowtorch, not to burn it down, but to age <laughs> it, <laughs> to age, to do that kind of, to, you know, to give it an aged look. Giving you a blowtorch would have been a bad idea because now it just sounds like I want to blow up the place, but I don't. I just really want to, um, uh, I want them to age it. Like to me, what makes Star Wars work? What made the originals and to some extent, the sequels, um, at least in their setting, is that they have a used future. The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, live in a used future. The reason I wasn't a huge fan of the prequels is it wasn't a used future. It was a brand new future. It was a shiny future. It was a pre-destroyed future, you know, so it was shinier. Um, and, I, and this Halcyon Star Cruiser looks very shiny. Um, in fact, I think it looks too shiny for the sequel era. If this was set in the prequels, I think I would get it, but it's set in the sequels. And the one thing about Galaxy's Edge is they created the, the motif of Galaxy's Edge is a used future and that works. I think that's where my emotional connection, even for a new thing is still met. Um, now, would I prefer them to have locales that I get? Ships I've heard of, um, from the original trilogy, yeah, I would, I would love that. That that if you want to reach out to this Gen X fan of Star Wars, give me a little more original trilogy stuff. Um, or give me something to cling on to. But at the very least, Klingons are Star Trek. Sorry, I know. Wait, yeah, no, Klingon. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> but I really want it to be aged a lot. Like I want them to age this so that I feel it's been used. I don't want to be the first, like, and I, and technically speaking, I do believe the backstory, I haven't researched the backstory completely, but supposedly this, the Halcyon used to be a ship back in the day in an, in an earlier era, and they're now bringing it back out for a cruise. I think that's the story. So the story- The newly refurbished cruiser. But it does have older connections. 
Yeah, I think Han and Leia are going to get married on it. Yeah, but they didn't decide to make it, they made it look like it was built in 2022, not like, show me, give, just tease me that it might have the 70s or 80s that it might have been originally built in, I mean, in our universe, but whatever. You know, but show me some age. Show me something that's breaking down. Don't show me something shiny and fresh. Um, I don't know. I, I guess, like, that's what I didn't like about, like, Canto Bright uh, in the uh, sequels. Well, there's a couple of things I didn't like about it. But one is it was way too shiny. Um, and sorry, that's not my Star Wars. So for me, I would, that's what I would love. I'd love if they can read, if they ever redo the, the the hotel experience, I want them to age it, make it look like it's been there for a while. And if possible, have inferences to planets and things that I would know aside from just Chewbacca, which by the believe Chewbacca's become like the, he, he's become the, uh, the Anna and Elsa of Galaxy's Edge now. Um, I think they're overusing him. It's interesting. It's interesting that in the Galaxy's Edge and now Star Cruiser, they're not putting anybody in to look like Finn at all. They're not making anybody look like Poe Dameron, like like they have with Ray. Ray's on yeah. Ray's both in the park and on Star Cruiser, and so is Chewbacca. It's interesting they have these other characters at their disposal that they could include to inject a sense of there's a whole cast working together, right? Like, that's an interesting thing to me. When I, and I, I hope you're finished, Paul, because I just sort of jumped all over you. Um, if, if, if I could piggyback on that just a little bit, when I look at um, what, I, what I think is the biggest misfire of, of this concept is that like it doesn't quite get what people in the zeitgeist really enjoy right now. Um, with immersive play, they like being part of action. Uh, and people have always viewed Star Wars as stories that they can act out. Yeah. Um, running around corners in your neighborhood with a blaster, mm-hmm. being chased by stormtroopers, being chased by Darth Vader, whoever. Um, they have all these beautiful hallways in this resort, this cruiser that should be used for um, chasing. There should be a sense of urgency to something like this. I think what could give this a sense of urgency, um, again, I'm already promoting the rebooting of something that is three days old. Um, (laughs) But what I'd like to see out of this is the sense that you go from, you probably start the adventure from Batu and get pulled into this. And I think, having it be Starkiller base or something of that that ilk, if it's going to be in the sequel era, or if you if you want to revert back to the, the original trilogies, um, like the, the, the Death Star, someplace where you're on and you're almost a prisoner, you've been taken prisoner for two days, and you got to work your way out with fellow rebels. You got to find your fellow rebels and work your way out, either as a team or as an individual, if you're an introvert like myself. You're like, you know what? I'm going to fly alone. Um, but, you know, like you yeah. can have the Jedi training. You could even stumble upon, say, um, Ray or Ray and, and Kylo engaging in a duel. Or if you had it in another way, 
Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader engaging in a duel on the Death Star. And he's given you the training before this encounter with Darth Vader. Um, this ultimately, there's something like that is you want to get them to a point where they're leaving, uh, that they're trying to emerge from it while enjoying their time there. Um, and if you had it so that like by the time you were leaving, the Death Star or the Star, uh, Star Killer base was blowing up, you really would be trying to uh, eventually leave rather than feel bad that you, your stay has ended. Um, that's a good point. I think that's an, I think, um, sorry, I'm interrupting you for your interrupting good. me. Go, 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 go. No, but I, I, I like the idea where the end of the journey is like actually a positive, um, you know, whether, no matter how they reference it, but I do like the fact that you're, that this, this trajectory, the other thing you said that I think is interesting that I don't, haven't seen yet in the, in the stuff, in the previews or the reports of this is the idea of if you're an introvert or you're somebody who doesn't like the role playing within teams, you'll do it by yourself. But you, it seems like in this thing, if you don't like being with the team, you're going to waste your money. Mm -hmm. I feel like they had a bunch of extroverts put this thing together and they never start to think, what if an introvert, like how could an introvert feel like they could do this? Not even an introvert, but somebody who just doesn't like the team concept. Um, how could they still get their $6,000 worth, um, uh, you know, and, and think it through? Because right now, what I, what I, the reports I've heard is, if you don't want to play in a group, you basically are throwing away your money. Um, because the only way to, set, to have a satisfactory experience is to be in a group. It didn't stop to think, what if somebody, what if there's a path that allows people with different personality styles to still feel like they're, a, that they have something to contribute and like you said, if you're trying to escape, there's different means of escape. You could be like, I mean, in the movies, you know, there's the whole crew in like, like in Star Wars or the original New Hope, everyone had to work together. So that's a whole group escape experience. But then you could also be like Finn from the uh, sequels where you just steal, um, you know, a TIE fighter to make your way down to the planet. Like, so Finn did that on his own, whereas... Han and Leia and Chewbacca and C-3PO and R2-D2 had to work together. Those were two paths to leave a bad situation, one individual and one, um, you know, uh, one group. So I think that they could have thought it through something like that. Just yeah. imagine, just imagine Rise of Resistance coming to an end. You've, you've had this victory at the end of Rise of Resistance. You've gotten off of, uh, off of that ship. And then you as a group, because you've obviously been escorted as part of this, this huh? book, this booking you have, a bunch of stormtroopers and, and the general says, uh, you might have gotten this victory, but now you are coming with us. You've been apprehended as uh, following with the resistance. And then they take you on that journey for two uh -huh. days and, and you find your escape. And, and what if you, if you have your own group, what if you had your own assigned role? Say I wanted to be the scoundrel. Um, Casey, my wife, wanted to be the princess. Um, maybe, maybe Liam is the is the muscle of the group, the Chewy, and and Annie is the Luke Skywalker or the Ray or whatever. Um, or the you know maybe Liam is the Flyboy. You know, like there's something like to be said to help carve out your adventure tailored to your needs. Um, yeah, I think now is a good time to talk about accessibility, and we've referenced it now a few times. 
the um you know, I don't want to speak for any of us here uh, or get overly personal, but the reality of the situation is it's going to take an extraordinary event for any one of us to attend something like this, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to want to or to attend to, to go, um, because the price point is, is outrageous. And, and we don't need to dwell on that because other people have done that. But um, it goes to my earlier point. I just don't understand some of these decisions, right? Like, you, you make a boutique hotel for a hundred of your richest customers. Um, you make it this extremely intense LARPing experience that doesn't seem to have a lot of repeat value. And you don't provide anything else for your average guest. So there is a, there is a world where Disney could have built this. And this was wildly successful. And they could have built a hotel Death Star. Um, or, uh, you know, again, a, a hotel Tatooine where it's in theme, a family can, well, I mean, affordable is relative, but as affordable as another Disney hotel, a family could go and participate and, and, and live their Star Wars dream without the LARPing, without the, um, mm-hmm. the, these activities, but they could be in an immersive Star Wars environment. And we, there's a world where Disney could have created that. And a lot of their marketing material says, well, we could have done that, but instead we did this. And it's like, well, I'm a both hand kind of guy. I mean, you're, you create it and I'm an ambivert. So I'm an ex- part extrovert, part introvert. So I actually can see myself enjoying uh, huge portions of the Halcyon, but uh, I can also see myself enjoying or not enjoying it. I just don't understand why they didn't do both. And again, it goes back to, I just don't understand why they didn't provide more ways to experience this. It seems like it was... A very narrow experience built for the select few. And so I kind of go back to who is this for? And it goes back to the initial marketing materials, Matt, because we talked about this uh, and Paul, we talked about this when that first video came out and it was like, is this, was this made by someone that watched Star Wars? Um, And and I I, I have, that is, uh, seeing the reports have since assuaged me mostly on that. I know it hasn't for you, Paul, and I respect that. That makes sense. But I just don't understand the accessibility, it's just, it's so hard for me to get anywhere near this because it's just so never going to happen for me. Well, and you also, and thank you for actually using the word accessibility because that has some dual meaning in all this um, because it doesn't look like this experience would be one that like, first of all, during these COVID times, it doesn't seem like there's much distancing to be had. So there is not an accessible issue for the immunocompromised, for those who have disabilities, um, it, for those who have dietary issues that might prevent them from constant activity, um, you know, or other kinds of issues. Um, it obviously we said it does not is not inclusive of uh, of, of introverts, <laughs> um, but it, for 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 Disney having their new key of inclusion. I feel like this is incredibly exclusive on many levels, some which are, you know, gradations of comfort zone, but others that are significant hindrances to other things that Disney has done so well in many other areas. I mean, you go to Galaxy's Edge and it is a wonderfully inclusive area. Those with disabilities, those of different cultures, those of different restrictions for diet, for health, for whatever, can all feel that they've made it so that they can do this. This does not seem to follow in that footsteps. 
In fact, I've been to Galaxy's Edge several times. I do not feel this, this does not feel in that universe. Um, I feel that when they take you down to the planet, it's almost like it's, it's like night and day. It doesn't, it does not feel because the spaces I see in that space do not remind me of any of the spaces in Galaxy's Edge. Um, there is not one building that this looks like. Um, even the rise of the resistance, I mean, the, the echo of the kind of cold future um, that's not used, but more the, 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 the base, the star killer thing, that, it looks, that reeks of Death Star. It looks like Death Star. It made me feel like I was in the Death Star. Um, this does not have that aura either. So I'm not sure where I feel the connection point um, and sorry, that just got off topic, but I did say that that there is an accessibility difference, and I just wanted to just name that because that I think in many ways accessibility is a great word to use and something that's that's kind of it's, it's causing me a little bit of a struggle on this. Oh, Matt, you're on mute. Yep, here we go. I am no longer on mute. Wouldn't it be a uh, Zoom podcast without something like that. <laughs> um, I think you know. The thing about this, this, this whole element, this whole thing is if it wanted to match Star Wars, it would have a sense of urgency. All the best Star Wars movies are about getting from point A to point B. Yes, there is time to learn and things like that. But there's a sense of this needs to happen because the fate of the galaxy is in our hands. Um, and I can't believe they didn't integrate something like an escape room element to this whole thing because there's actually this whole issue in, in terms of accessibility um, of claustrophobic people having a tough time not getting real air, not being exposed to real air. Um, this like, building toward, you know, you think about like the moments of, of Lando Calrissian emerging from the Death Star and yelling, Yahoo! What if we had that as they sent us off into the world, this feeling of we did our mission, we brought peace to the galaxy, and we're off. Um, this was much more than, than a cruise, but really an effort to, to beat back evil. Um, and it was in our hands. So when I look at this, um, I won't be surprised if they start to scale this down in terms of offering something in line with what the influencers got, the four-hour um, rush job tour. Um, I think that if, if they start to see that bookings start to fall off, um, that there, are, there isn't repeat business because of, say, expense, I think that they might offer the four-hour um, lower-cost lower version of it. Um, you might get a meal Almost in like there. A tour. Almost yeah. like one of their backstage tours, which... I mean, you take, there's some four hour, six hour tours you can do behind the scenes of Disney that do cost several hundred, hundreds of dollars to go on. This could be one of those that, I mean, it's, it's definitely priced beyond what you're comfortable with, but at least it's not in the thousand dollar range. Right. Um, I think that they, they should consider that option um, in, in, the, in the weeks and months ahead if this starts to stumble in terms of hotel stays. Um, Guys, this was a really great discussion. Um, you know, some people who come to this podcast might think, hey, these guys are a little more cynical uh, after this month off. Um, 
we all say this out of love and affection for all these properties. Um, and that said, if somebody offered us, uh, hosted us uh, a free stay, uh, we might consider it. Um, I think, oh, I uh, would be there. I, uh, well, I, I desperately want to give this thing a chance. No, I, I really, really do. That's the thing. I so want to go. I, I want to try it. I want to be able to say firsthand, this is what worked and this is what didn't. I, right. I confirm my suspicions. It's just, I, I will never, ever be able to do that. And so again, I just, I, I don't want to harp on it, but I go back to the accessibility. It's like, there are just literally hundreds of thousands of Star Wars fans that have been craving an experience like this that won't ever get to do it. Right. That bothers me. We just need the Jurassic Park lawyer to come in with a coupon day. Oh, there it is. Done. There it is. All right, everybody. Uh, We want to hear your thoughts. Leave us comments on uh, this happy podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, We'll be posting these episodes real, real, real quickly uh, in the next day or so. Please subscribe to us. You're already listening to us, but subscribe uh, on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, Google, TuneIn. Anywhere you can hear a podcast, we pretty much are. Leave us a review share with your friends um, and also email us at this happy podcast at gmail.com with your thoughts about what you've seen so far at the galactic star cruiser thank you so much for joining us uh, for this conversation we look forward to the next time guys uh, i really uh i look forward to this all the time so i'm so happy that we were able to do this everybody uh please enjoy have a safe week And uh, we will see you real soon.